three, two, one. So this is our very first official iFast yes. podcast. This is it's like only eleven years. Eleven in, years in the making. <laughs> eleven right? years in. Fourteen, and we just, if you count how long we've known. We each decided other. we're going to actually have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> between the two of us, so people probably think that we spend all of our time together, and we don't. We we, we, we don't. We were like two ships passing in the night because of the way that our schedules work. But uh, I was literally literally thinking that same <laughs> phrase at the same time. <laughs> yes. It it is kind of funny, but and obviously we talk and, and communicate, but um, but I think that. that Eleven years in, we've we've obviously made a lot of mistakes, and we've done some really good things, and and I think that now we can bring some value to some other people. For sure, that was my intent with with putting this together, and and literally, we start with our our story because I think yes. that that a lot of people have a misperception as to how you would start a business like this, because they see where we are eleven years into it, and then they have no idea. Like, nobody knew who we were. Right. I mean, they, they, people knew who you were. Barely. Um, well, but you, you had a very big following in T Nation. That's true. For a really long time. with, And you you got associated with Eric, and then you put out yep. Magnificent Mobility. And then um, then I came along in, into this foray. I don't know. When did you move down to We you? met in 05. Was it 05? We, re- we released Magnificent Mobility in 06. And that's when you were like, oh. I think we need more upper body stuff in that. Right. Let's bring right. around that. So, so we did we did the uh, inside out ultimate upper body warm up. Yes. But but see that's that's not an IFAS thing. That's just sort of like a that that's sort of like how you and I started working yes. together. And I, then um, but so so tell them tell them what you were doing because yes. you were you were working your ass off basically. Yes. Yeah. So essentially what I did to get down here because I was working in Fort Wayne. Right. Wasn't loving anything about Fort Wayne, if we're being honest, and decided that, yeah, yeah, right. I grew up in the Fort Wayne area. Come yes, on, I know. Sorry, man. Um, <laughs> but got down here and I just knew like I had to get out of that situation and get closer to my friends, my wife's family. So we moved down here and yeah, started working in home. And a lot of people don't know, but this is how desperate I was. The first client that I took, we were living in Pendleton. At the time, we were living with Jess's parents as our condo got ready. And I had to take my first client at 4.55 a.m. I've done that. At Wolf Run. Well, that's about... At Wolf Run? Yes. So that's the entire... Extreme. So, so for people that don't know, Pendleton is like the extreme northeast. It's even outside of Indianapolis. And Wolf Run is at the extreme northwest. Yes. Out in the boonies. Yes. I was up at 3.45 in the morning. Yeah. Out the door at 4.15, 4.20 to get to that first client at 4.55. That's tough. Yes. So that's how desperate I was. Like I wanted to get out of there. Right. Um, So yeah, that was like three years though. Like luckily I didn't train that early, but I trained 6 a.m. clients for three years straight. And did you do the split shift kind of thing? Split shift, absolutely. You always get the early and the late, right? Yeah. So, but... The, the cool thing about the middle of the day was like that's when I did the side hustle. Like that's when I was writing articles or creating products and you know just generating content before generating content was such a thing. Right. That's Pre, what pre I was kiddos. Doing. Yes. Pre yes. kiddos. That's kind of a big deal too. We, yes. We'll eventually talk about how that works. But yes. But okay. So so that's and 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 then as we evolved mm-hmm. um, as as a partnership. Um, it, it just became like you sort of hit critical mass. Yes. And I was training people out of my house. So I had yes. to build a house 
in a suburb of Indy. And and I built an 1,100-square-foot gym, which you, you had been there. Yeah. It's the best gym in Westfield, Indiana. Yes. Right? And, and uh, um, working out of there. And, and I sort of hit that impasse, too, because what I was doing is I was working – I was working in the clinic. Yes. And then at nighttime, I would come home and train clients. And then I had a day off in the middle of the week where I would train clients all day. And then I would train clients on Saturday. So so yeah. literally, I was doing this six days a week, man. Six days a week for 16 years. That's <laughs> crazy. Right. Well, it's a lot of reps, though. So yeah, think about absolutely. that. It's like it's like yeah, you hate every minute of that. Yeah. You know, getting up getting up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning is a really horrible thing to do for 16 years. Right. But you certainly get a lot of reps and you get a lot of learning. Um, that I think, uh, you know, to talk about paying your dues kind of a thing. Yes. Um, and, and it's always about the, the reps as long as they're, they're good reps and you're paying attention. Absolutely. And so we sort of hit a critical mass at the same time when we started having this conversation. It's like, you know what, we got we to gotta do something. Yeah. I remember March of 08. Yeah. We were sitting in your office upstairs yeah. Above, yeah. The above, best, the above the best gym in Westfield. Above the best gym in Westfield. And just knew, like, look, I was tired of driving around. Um, I still love the content creation piece and I wanted to keep that, but I also knew like this was not a sustainable lifestyle for me and I don't think it was for you either. And I just clearly remember us thinking to ourselves like, yeah, maybe we're wrong, but like, I feel like we're pretty good at this and we could be successful working together. Right. And so, yeah, I think about a week later we found somebody and started looking around and Literally, yeah, and we looked at a bunch of places, and then and then we finally found the the home for iFast 1.0, which is literally in the same building that we're in right now, at the extreme opposite end, and about half the size. Yep. And and tell tell the story of what it actually <laughs> what it actually was before this is before great. we moved in. This is awesome. So imagine a 2,200 square foot rectangle, right? And it's very deep, kind of narrow. But in the front, it was unique because mostly it's just like open space at the back. But at the front, it's like this very distinct like office area and it looks professional. And so we walk in there, and, but there's like these like cut off like closed circuit cameras. I'm like what's going on here? And the, the landlord is like, oh yeah, this used to be an underground casino. So <laughs> until they got raided and kicked out. So right, our, yeah. our luck. Yeah, our luck has been a great deal. We did from per square foot. I think we only paid like seven bucks a square foot in the initial. Uh, in the initial outlay, so so as it, it worked perfectly, it was it was clean. It was we had a weird kind of a I don't know what you call it like the sealed floor kind of a thing, and we just threw yeah. down some mats and a, a bunch of homemade uh, platforms. platforms. And and so so here's an interesting thing that, that a lot of business people don't think they think they need to like take out loans yes. or 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 lay down a lot of money. And and literally because I had a gym in my home, you had a gym in your garage one car garage right and so so i think our initial outlay like as an investment was was maybe a couple of grand to buy a couple of extra racks and a couple of pieces of equipment because what we did is we literally just moved all the equipment out of my house moved all the equipment out of out of your uh garage yep and and then literally opened the doors yeah so so our initial financial outlay was very very small yeah and and i think people are shocked by that because then again now it's like in this social media era everybody's like oh look at this twenty thousand square foot and i got every imaginable rack and gadget like man that's great but we started with three platforms that had three racks we had one empty platform we had a prowler 
We had a 24 kilo kettlebell, not a rack of kettle hells, a 24 kilo <laughs> a, and a, a prowler. Yes. Oh, oh, and by the way, the Airdyne was gold and we got it off Craigslist for 200 bucks. Yes. And we serviced the hell out of that thing for three or four years. Exactly. We actually a real one. Yeah. Yeah. We just made it work. We made it work. We got some matting, some horse matting and things like yeah. that. And we actually used to do our, our, our assessments out in the open. So we had, a, we actually had an open space. Where, where, unfortunately, because of the way that we were doing things way back then, we had people that were, you know, um, taking off shirts and stuff like that, and, yeah. and and literally wide out in the open, and, and we had one bathroom for the whole place, um, and it worked. It worked for for actually what almost three, three years. years. Yeah. And then it was then it, once again you sort of hit critical mass, and and then so then we start looking. Yep. For another place, and uh, I don't know if I would say lucky. Because it's unfortunate. Yes. Um, where where we are now used to be a dance, a very large dance studio, and the the owner uh, passed away, and our our landlord said, "Hey, I got a space." Yeah. And so we literally moved into a a a net what is now almost five thousand square feet, um, but it was initially peach. Yes. Peach yeah. The walls. colors the colors needed some work. Right. Um, but yeah, and I think one of the things that happened too was really two things. So number one, we hit critical mass in that space. Absolutely. I remember, so you would work Saturdays because you were still in the clinic then. Yeah. So you would work Saturdays, but I would always come in and train Saturdays. And I'd have, you know, Justin and I would work out together. And uh, I just remember there was a Saturday and it's like we were stepping all over each other. Yeah. So it was that, close. It was close, as they yeah, said. Yeah. And then the second piece was, I think, our our vision or our model i don't want to say our model but our vision definitely evolved we oh, wanted to be able to do more right so right. whether it was large group stuff whether it was athletic development you know and sport performance because we didn't have any turf we didn't have open space so we're slave to right. the weather and right. so i think it really was it was perfect timing because we could move into this space the other space was empty right you know it was dirt so we got to kind of build it out right. the way that we wanted and right so that really set us up for kind of IFAST 2.0, yeah. as we deemed it then. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, and, and again, just anticipating the fact that I wasn't going to be in the clinic forever. From yep. my perspective, we needed to have, uh, I, granted, it's not always the most important thing, but we needed to have a space that actually looked a little bit more professional. Yep. And and so when we talk about the purple room now, which is what where we are where we are right now, um, this became the, the this ideal thing because I have, I have total privacy here. So the physical therapy is within the facility, um, and you can occasionally hear somebody drop a barbell or something like that. But but I do have my controlled space here. We've got a huge training hall. We've got the huge space for the turf, and now everything is is sort of like machine like. But I I feel like we're you know moving towards that 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 critical mass again. Um, and then so we have Sogility, yes. the Sogility space up, up in Westville where I used to live. Yep. And so, so t- talk about that a little bit because that's, that's sort of like a, I don't know, 2.5? <laughs> yeah, it kind of it was something that, that just happened to come up because um, one of the, the gentlemen that was training here at the time, John Bush, who, you know, guy I think the world of and, and a very high quality goalkeeper for 20 20, plus years, 20 20 plus years, um, came to us and said, Hey, you know, I'm getting ready and I'm going to start working out of this facility. I think you should meet this guy. And so I met Chris McGrath, who's the owner at at Sogility. And he said, look, you know, we were kind of looking to maybe bring in a franchise or something like that, but you guys are so plugged in to the soccer community already here. We would love to have you come in and do more of this. So it was really fun because I think of a lot of what we do in verticals. 
Um, so, you know, you got to be really good at one vertical, right? I feel like we're pretty proven in the soccer community between right. working with the Indy 11 and all the MLS people, whether it's Chad Marshall, Danny O'Rourke, Eric Zavaleta. You know, we could go on and on, right, but right. we're a proven product there and we've got a system that works. So yeah. to go in there and then be able to take that system and apply it to kids as young as nine and 10 right. and give them a movement base, that's something that, you know, I just felt like we had to jump on. Yeah, it's, I think it was the, it was, it, it's, it's a perfect compliment. And, and this is one of the things, if we can talk about just the business structure for, for a minute, because I think this is kind of important, especially for small business owners, is, is this is the kind of thing that I think is, is the way for the smaller businesses to grow that still provides service as their primary, uh, as their primary offering. Um, because we have to depend on each other. So, so, so Agility is a soccer-based facility, but we provide strength conditioning, athletic development concepts, et cetera, et cetera. So these are the perfect complements. Rather than being in competition with one another, we, yes. are, we are complementary. And so I think that all small businesses need to start looking at this from a survival standpoint because Absolutely. there are so many things that are now available online that, that people are sort of gravitating towards that, but we still have this massive uh, uh, ability to provide the the, the personalized services but for us to, to stay afloat to stay alive and and to thrive i think that the small businesses and, and we have associations with a lot of people yeah. now um that that you know provide referrals back and forth and so on and so forth but I, but i think that a lot of small businesses don't really see that as as how powerful it really is yes because the relationships that, that that you capture and again you just find those non-competing professionals that that hey that would be a really nice compliment for, for me sure. so so when we reach out and we reach out to other medical professionals that i mean we, we get referrals from other physical therapists and such but we have physicians we have dentists we have eye doctors we have podiatrists we have nutritionists we have massage therapists we have massage therapists etc that that we we all associate with well, the let's a, a shout out to the recovery room yep. as well and, you know so so all of those people are, are, are I, I consider them just part of our our, our organization if you will Absolutely. Um, and I think that a lot of small businesses really need to consider this as they develop and as they grow it's like that's a huge part of, of the existence how can we stay in business for 11 years by ourselves I don't yeah. think it's possible yeah well and it does it just makes your life so much easier because at some point you realize, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to learn. I can't learn everything about everything. So, well, okay, maybe you don't want to, you know, my skill set isn't best for this person or this person likes hands-on therapy. Well, great. We'll send them to Jenny or they need just more forced recovery. Great. We'll send them to the recovery room. Like you have this network of specialists or like you said, other providers that we can talk to and have interactions with and it gives better outcomes. Right. At the end of the day, it's about the person or the athlete. Right. It, and it's it, uh, from a medical perspective, I kind of look at it as a case management situation. It's like, okay, yeah. who 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 do you need? How can we help you? And then that just that just makes us a, a, a better client. For sure. Right. I mean, they're much happier. They're satisfied. We always work with good people. Thankfully, yeah. um, we haven't had any issues in that regard. We always find really really good professionals and so i think that's just a big big part of it but like i said i think that a lot of small businesses really need to consider the the relationships that they're making or not making in regards to their ability to grow their business and 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 not just survive but like i said to thrive well i think it just makes things stronger too right Right. so like one relationship that i come back to as well is uh joey 
You know, I mean, what a, a great should, guy to be partnered with. You should express with. who that is. Yeah, so Joey Burton is the skills coach um, for NBA professionals, Euro League players, college, high school. Basically, if you want to get better at basketball in this area, you need to see Joey. And so just that relationship, you know, people could say, well, if it's just dollars, right, they can spend money with Joey or they can spend money with me. Or they could spend money with both of us and we could have this amazing product right. that – you put out there right? right and so i think too often people get caught up in this like zero sum game right somebody wins somebody loses right and that's not how it works right. in most cases right. it's about help right? yes. it's like how can i help you yep. it's like if so if we can do something that let's just use joey as the example it's like if we can do something that enhances the physiology of your player that allows him to do the thing that you actually want him to do and i always say this about golfers too because we worked with a lot of golfers and yep. over over our history is, is that, you know, a, a swing coach knows golf better than anybody, but they may not know the physiology that underlies it. And so yes. that's our job. So so we restore the physiology that allows them to be the better coach. Yes. And now you have an athlete that can actually execute. And so there that becomes the big difference. Um, but again, you know, uh, uh, we go back to the relationships. That's that's where yeah. all of this, this kind of comes from. You know what that reminds me of? Years ago, you probably remember this, I get into it, but remember Rob Barber? Of course. Baseball coach? Yes. And so his son is, I mean, this is a high quality baseball coach and he's trying to tell his son, I think it was, get your elbow up. And so he's giving him the right cue and his son is trying, he's trying, he's trying, but he like biomechanically couldn't get there. So you go in, you work a little bit of magic, and yeah. all of a sudden, like, yeah, I, I still have this. I still have the before, the before and after, after, before and after videos, and it's it's, and it's remarkable. It's it's yeah. just such a massive impact because there, it's like he was giving the right cues, he was Absolutely. trying to do the right things, everything that he saw, he was yeah. trying to fix, yeah. but the child couldn't do it because he didn't have the physical capacity correct, to. Correct, and it just makes it makes a great coach even better. Yes, when when you can when you can help on in that perspective. For sure. Yeah. So. Um, where do we go from here? So we, we've sort of established ourselves, obviously, um, you know, in, in that in that first year. What do you think was the biggest change before we moved into this space? Yep. What do you think was the biggest change that, that we made from an evolutionary standpoint, like from a business perspective? Because you and I are both technicians. Right. We're, so we're like the classic e-myth, like, right. you know, kind of a thing. Like we're yeah. both technicians. And then you had to take on because of my schedule being the way it was in the clinic and then you having the opportunity to actually be here more often, um, where do you think the the, the, the biggest uh, change was in, in, in that evolution from a business perspective? Because I think, for, for me, it's the hardest thing to understand, but it sort of fell on your shoulders. You didn't really have yeah. a choice. I mean, it was forced upon you, and, right. and you've done a great job with that. So so talk about that. So like business-wise, what did we do? To, yeah, like, to, like to, so to from an impact standpoint, I mean, I'm, obviously we've been around for 11 years. It's like you can't, you don't pull that off by accident. Right. And, and and so I think it, it, it has fallen to you yeah. to, to evolve that. Where, where do, where where did we, where did we do the right thing yep. that we're here having this conversation eleven years after the fact yep. when we both kind of suck at business? <laughs> so, so here's the one thing that that people talk a lot about now, but I don't think it was being talked as much about then. Was just this like unparalleled focus on quality. Like I don't think anybody gave more time and attention into writing programs, into coaching clients. 
like uh, now it's oh you know you have to put yourself at a higher price point and this and that but we naturally kind of did that because we were a more specialized service right so that alone makes you a little bit more recession proof right. the second your lowest price uh, get it on Groupon for 20 bucks like you put right. yourself in that bin of hey this is the kind of consumer that I'm catering to right, right. it's like I want the deal and when the deal's done, I'm going to go to the next place that's offering a deal. There's no brand loyalty versus right. us. We're at a higher price point. Yeah. So you get a little bit more educated consumer. Right. They're a little bit more recession-proof. So, you know, right. when the bottom falls out, like it literally did when we opened our business, right? <laughs> 2008. Yeah. Worst time ever Perfect to time. open a business. Perfect time. But, you know, we catered to a, a little bit more affluent, a little right. bit more educated clientele. And they were right. looking for a higher level service. So. Right. I don't know if it's anything that we did just amazingly well. It was the fact that, you know, we were just different. Right. You know, and, and we agreed early on, right? We don't want to do the same thing. We don't want to be $59 a month, Gold's Gym, come in and train. And right. So when we opened, we had a right. $59 a month open gym thing. Yeah. And that was literally the first contract or membership agreement we got rid of because... Absolutely. Yeah, it just didn't fit. It just you, didn't fit. It, you don't it, want the purpose. person that's in there just doing curls for an hour. Right. We wanted to have some level of influence on their program. Right. And, and I think that the, the one consistency within our, our clientele is that um, they come in with purpose. Yes. At, at, at every level. So you think about an athlete, and it's, it's, I think the athlete is the obvious one, yeah. right? Because they come in and say, well, I want to run fast, jump high, whatever. Um, and so, so it's a little bit easier to identify that. But, but I think that if you looked at, if you go into the gym at any time of day, whether it be the morning crew or the afternoon kids or the evening, evening adult people that come in, they're all coming in with purpose. So, so, and as we, as we have a tendency to say, if you, if, if you want to get there, you've got to come here. And, and, and so Rick, yeah. big Rick, he's a mountain climber. Yeah. It's like, so he comes in to train to be better at that. And yep. so, so it, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about our, our early morning retirees that would come in yep. and they come in and they're coming in with purpose. They say, I need to be able to do this. I want to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to get up and down off the floor forever. I want to be able to, to garden. I want to be able to, 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 you know, do whatever they, they want to do. Yep. And so they come in with purpose. And so while they get excited about a personal record on their trap bar deadlift ultimately it becomes like oh guess what so that it, it, it it's it's like everything else in my life is now effortless yeah and, and, and so we've we've been very lucky in that respect and, and i think that's one of the coolest things is when you start to look at it through that lens it's like oh yeah all the stuff that we do in here is cool but it's the stories that you get from the weekend right like Absolutely. oh you know oh i'm still playing uh, rec league softball at, you know, mid fifties or sixties, right. or I don't have any knee pain when I garden. Like, yeah. it's not as maybe exciting as it's yeah. like, Oh, I scored 20 points, yeah. but it's still cool to them. Right. 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 And it, it, it comes down to understanding their vision for themselves and helping them clarify right. that. And then understanding right. how the gym can help them achieve right. those goals. That they and I think that's why you see the rapport, Yes. So, and people don't probably can't can't picture this, but but literally we have we have people that don't know who our professional athletes are. Oh yeah, and so but so they just think that they're just the big kid that, that comes. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it, it's like I I think back when when Dwayne. Uh, used to be Dwayne Allen used to train here, and and uh, and he would just come in and just be hugging like all these. Like, yeah. like they had no 
idea who he was. Yeah. He's just a nice boy that comes in. He's, yeah. he's big and strong, but, yeah. but they had no idea who he was. And so that was one of those wonderful things. But but they get along because because they're all training with purpose. And, and so they saw Dwayne behaving a certain way, and then Dwayne sees them behaving a certain way. So there's like this instant instant sharing and instant rapport, yeah. which I think has been really cool. Well, and people would naturally say, well, what do you do when so-and-so's in the gym? But they don't care. Like, they know, like, these professional athletes, like, I remember when Roy was here, he'd be like, man, like, that chick's getting on it. Like, some of our Gen Pop clients are, like, so into their workouts. Absolutely. I can't remember her name now, but the lady that used to put on, she had, like, the headband, and she would just push the prowler end to end of the building. And Roy was looking at her one day, he's like, man, that chick's, like, getting on it. Yeah. And so, like, that inspired him. He's like, I got to, like, yeah, it's like when get you, when my you stuff can inspire, here. When you can inspire a professional athlete, then you know you got it yeah. going on. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, so this has, been, this has been good. So this is how we started. This is where we are. And then I think that, that um, we'll keep doing this, but I think that, that we'll just let this thing sort of evolve organically. I love it. I love um, it. Because I think that, that we have a lot of information um, to offer after 11 years of business and then obviously continuing on. But uh, hopefully the, this inspires some, some questions about the hows and the whys and such. Um, we, we've got a lot of people that have been through our organization as interns yeah. and employees that are now at really, really high levels. So I think that that's going to be a really Im- important topic to talk yeah. about um, as to how we develop people because yep. um, you know we're not just about uh, the the financial, of course, we want to be about the financial because <laughs> it keeps us alive. But but the reality is is we've always had great people here, great coaches, and and our evolution has trickled down, if you will, into a lot of other people's uh, uh, capabilities as as a professional. And so yeah. it's been really fascinating to see that. So I think that that maybe we go there for the next time. I love you that. Do that. I love that. And talk about just the evolution, not only how our evolution has continued, but yeah. the evolution that has come with the development of the business and right. how just the education models evolved. Absolutely. Over the years. I, I, and that's huge and I, I think that'll, that'll gain a lot of a lot of uh, attention because I think it's something that that we need to get better at as an industry because I Agreed. think that there's a there's a deficit in education right now because the the model is is somewhat broken and repetitive and and lackluster. It's it's become yes. a financially well. It's become a it's it. And I understand. I'm I'm a capitalist. I, I want to make some money too. But the reality is, it's, it's it seems to be more dollar driven than than For quality sure. driven. And so I think that that we've made efforts to step up that game. But but I think it's worthy of, of an open discussion in that regard too. So I think that okay. those are the directions that we'll probably take this thing. If that's cool with you, I'm totally cool with that. Awesome. So we'll sign off for now. And uh, um, be looking for the the next one. We'll probably do this probably uh, week to week if we can, as long as we're we're uh, able to to uh, block out the time. So okay. thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, or however your media is is working today. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.